but I'm going to read a little bit tonight. 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 8. 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 8. Very familiar verse of scripture to probably many that are in the room, but if not, we will read it for you so you can understand it as well. I don't like it when uh, preachers say things like, you know this. I'm sure you know this because there could be someone in the house that doesn't know this. Amen. They may not know the situation. They may not know the plan of salvation. So explain that to them. Amen. Second Kings 4 verse 8. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem. Somebody say Shunem. Somebody say Shunem. Where was a great woman. Now, this woman could probably take offense to that. But anyway, I'll leave that alone. <laughs> and she constrained him to eat bread. Some of you are going to get that tomorrow. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is an holy man of God which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shudamite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he, said unto, and he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us. You've done all this for us. With all this care, that is to be done for thee. I'm sorry, what is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. None of that really matters to me is what she's saying. And he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, verily, she hath not no child and her husband is old. Now her husband could take offense if he wanted to there. And he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, nay, my Lord, thou man of God. That's pretty respectful. I mean, just said nay to the one that prophesied what was going to happen. Do not lie unto thine handmaiden. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her according to the time of life. Praise God. This evening on this first Wednesday, everybody say first Wednesday. I'm going to preach from this thought. The means 
of the miracle. The means of the miracle. Lord, we thank you so very much for your word tonight. I'm asking right now that every person under the sound of my voice, O oh Lord, myself included, O oh Lord, that we would take heed to that very title, Lord, the means of the miracle. In Jesus' name, Lord, let us put ourselves where you desire to put us. Lord, let us walk where you desire us to walk. Lord, let us pray where you desire us to pray. Let us worship where you desire us to worship. Lord, let us go to the place that you desire us to go, Lord, so we can be a part of this last day move of God, this last day miraculous outpouring. Lord, use us for such a time as this, and the church says amen. 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 Turn around, shake someone's hand, tell them you're glad to see them in the house of the Lord tonight. Praise God. Jesus is pretty exciting. Amen. I said, Jesus is pretty exciting. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to plan a party. You don't have to plan a get together. All you got to do is say Jesus. And in my opinion, that's exciting. That's fun. That's awesome. That's, and I mean that. I, and I get it. I, that causes us to clap our hands and get all excited. But I really do mean that. Jesus is exciting. Jesus is, when you've said Jesus, you've, you have. It's, it's fun. It's powerful. It's awesome. It's great. He is all of those things. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful to be a part of the kingdom of God. I'm thankful to be a part of his number. Amen? And this is, the, this is something that I personally and Sister Ginger personally experienced. Not so the same story here, but we... Much like this particular individual that we read about, the Shudamite woman, we were there. We were there in our lives. And, uh, you know, a man's pretty dumb, doesn't know everything uh, like he should. And so I was completely and totally oblivious. Some of you may know this story. But I was oblivious to how real and how hurt and how painful it was that Sister Ginger and I did not have any kids before Maris. And obviously I wanted kids, she wanted kids, and, and praise the Lord, do the things you do to make that happen. I'll just leave it at that. And, uh, and nothing, there's no child, nothing there. And for years, for years, six years, in fact, there was no children, no children. Nothing was coming down the pipe, nothing was happening, nothing was taking place. And, and we're wondering what's going on, what's happening, and, and she's wondering. But I, you know, as a, as a man, you just kind of put it out of your mind, and it'll happen when it happens. And I'm, I'm not the worrier. She's the worrier. I, she asked me in the hospital, are you worried? I'm not, I wasn't worried. I'm not the worrier. But she, she's worried, and we're at Bogalusa Bible Conference in, in, uh, at Brother Houston's church, and, and his pastor, Brother Story, comes up to us. I believe it was on the last night, if that's correct, the last night last service, and, and he says he wants to pray for us, and she had just left women's conference or a ladies' conference of some sort, and um, we're standing there on the platform, and, and he's beginning to pray for us, and he begins to prophesy, much like 
the man of God in the scripture prophesied. And I did not know that it was such a volatile situation. I did not know that Sister Ginger was thinking on this day in and day out. I did not know, and, and I, I don't know, you can, you'd have to figure it out for yourself, maybe study up on it, but I, I feel that the woman in the scripture was doing the exact same thing because the only one that said something about it was Gehazi. He's the one that talked about what needed to be done. He's the one that said, hey, she's really old and she wants a child, but she has so it's probably something that she didn't tell everybody else, just like Sister Ginger had not told everybody else. But when Brother Story began to pray and began to prophesy, much like this man of God did in the scriptures, Sister Ginger began to break down. And I instantly knew, hey, Sherlock, you missed something. Hey, man, you, you're, not, you're not keeping up with what's going on here. And I realized that it was something. No, I'm not talking to you, Siri. Stop. I'm not, I'm not talking to you. Um, I realized that it was a serious situation. I realized that it was really painful in her spirit and her heart. And she had been wondering as well as I had. But again, I just thought someday it'll take place. Someday it'll happen. I just thought we were real good, you know. I mean, so to be honest with you, I thought we, we were doing we, we were doing things that that only science can define, you know. And and but lo and behold, lo and behold, the case was that it was a big deal. And how long, Sister Ginger? No, how long from the day we were prophesied over? Three months. And there she came. Miss Ameriska. And it was powerful. But for those of you that are adults in the house, there was nothing done that would keep that from happening. And so in our minds, and our spirits, maybe we're just not supposed to have, or that's what her thought process is. Maybe we're not going to have any children, but no, God had something else in store. Amen. Can I get an amen in the house? Did he ever? <laughs> when that word was spoke, it was spoke real good. Amen. I love every one of them. Praise God. But I say all that to say this. The word was spoken. And yes, Sister Ginger and myself, we could have said, absolutely not, don't do that. No, don't say those things. But our spirits, we wanted, we talked about, we had conversated about children. And so what we did is we placed ourselves, and this is what somebody needs to hear me say tonight, we placed ourselves in the middle of the word that was spoken over us. A lot of times we, let, we say things like the woman said in the scripture, oh, hey, Quit lying to me. Don't, don't, don't say those things to me. That's, you don't understand. Oh, Roger, he's old, and, and I'm old too. It ain't going to happen. But no, listen to me. If you'll place yourself in the middle of the word, you could be the means to a miracle. You could be exactly what Jesus Christ wants you to be. He wants, you to a, he wants his word and wants his power to astonish people. So for me, it was a miracle. Some people in the room, it might always just chance. You, 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 you did it that time right. Things were done right that time. No, I believe that Jesus Christ 
built our faith and showed us something that, hey, listen, look what I can do. Watch the things that I can do. If you'll place yourself in the middle of my word when it is spoken over you, there is no telling what can happen. I'm going to try to stay close to these notes tonight. When God performs a miracle, he has a recipient and a giver. And often times we find ourselves in position and posture as the recipient. Between these agonizing walls of what if and how is, our prayers are like battering rams pounding on heaven's door. Our eyes are like a telescope looking far and wide. Anybody hear what I'm saying? Far and wide for ravens to fly overhead and drop a blessing into our crisis. We're looking. Uh, where's Je Jesus, where are you at? Jesus, when are you going to show up? Jesus, when is it going to happen? How many times have we been in the house of the living God and a word has been spoken over this pulpit by myself or by an evangelist that's walked through these doors to preach the word and that word has come over the pulpit and fallen on the ground and all that word was waiting on is waiting on you to jump underneath it and say, I want to be in the midst of the word that you're speaking. I want to be the means to the miracle that it is being spoken over that pulpit while we search for the end God prepares the means to get us out of the end when God packages it if you look at it at face value you may be more discouraged than you are encouraged anybody ever felt that way it's going to get better before it gets worse. But you walk out the door and the opposite happens. Anybody ever been there? It's going to get better one of these days. And God, God's going to do great things in your life. And you walk out the door and have a car wreck. And, and you walk out the door and you stump your toe. And you, you walk out the door and the crisis that you prayed for God to help. And man, it got ten times worse. Anybody? It's all right. Raise your hand. It's just me. I've been there. I've been there. Sister Servant, I've been right there when, when it's been prophesied, when friends have called. And I can remember sitting out there in the drive-thru and a friend of mine called and he began to prophesy thing after thing about Sister Ginger and I and about what God was going to do. And, and I drive back to the hospital at Medical City and, and she is having the worst time possible. She's hurting more than she's ever hurting. And there's, she, she's saying things and seeing things and all of this stuff is going on. And so in my mind, this is my mind's eye. I'm looking at this face value. We're going to do better and bigger things than we've ever done. How's that going to happen? How's that going to take place? And I heard what you said, sir. I heard what you said. Buddy, I'm, I'm so glad you prophesied those words in, in front of this church. And I told you where I was sitting. And you, you didn't want to talk to me. You wanted to FaceTime me. And you said all of those things. But I'm in the middle of the hospital. Look what's going on. But no, I just keep my mouth shut. And I say, Lord, I believe your word. Don't think for a moment that there was no doubt there. Yes, there was doubt there. But I believe the word of God. 
I believe God anoints people and they preach the word or they prophesy the word. And when they do that, I believe that God spoke that into their lives because the Bible talks about it. And those days aren't over, in my opinion, ladies and gentlemen. And I have seen it happen over and over again. So you just close your eyes no matter what the picture is, no matter what you're seeing in your mind's eye, no matter what, what things are written on the whiteboard in the, in the doctor's office or the, the hospital room. And I say, Lord... I believe, I, I'm a little discouraged at this present moment right here where I am. But Lord, what I'm going to do is I'm going to step in the, right here in the middle of your spoken word that Sister Ginger and mine and our family situation could be the means of a miracle. It could be a means for somebody to say, look, they did it so we can do it too. They made it through so we can make it through. That's the means to the miracle. Oh, somebody say amen. amen. I understand. It's hard. <laughs> I totally get it. It's very hard. We got to look at it in a different way. And i just be honest. I'll tell you who the man was. Brother Jason Huckabee prophesying and speaking the word of faith. And I believe it. I'm, and right there in that moment, man, I feel the Holy Ghost moving and I, tears running down my face. And man, yes, I believe it's going to happen. And so what you can do is you can look at it at face value when you get around the situation or you know what's going on or you know the problem is persisting and all, all of this stuff is happening. Or you can look at it at faith value. And that's what separates the two. That's what separates the two. Are we going to are we going to look at it face value? Because if we look at it face value, Sister Cooper, I'm discouraged. I can't go any further. I can't make it through this horrible situation that I'm walking through. But if I look at it at faith value, I don't know how, I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know what you're going to do to make it happen. I don't know exactly the, the A, B, C, D, E, F, G that's going to happen. But, Lord, I'm looking at it at faith value. What that means is that i got to close my eyes and i got to take a step. i got to go this way or that way. Well, I, I'm listening to you. Where do you want me to go? I'm going to go there. I am saying, Lord, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm going to step into, uh, am, am I going to go? I'm going to step into the means. I'm going to be the means of the miracle. The situation that I am, am in, I am going to be the means of that miracle. There's people in this room right now, right now, no doubt in my mind, and I know some of you, I would never mention your name, but I know for sure that you've been right there. You've been discouraged and not encouraged at all. There's no way, Pastor Darren, that that could ever happen. There's no way. I, I know you're saying believe. And yeah, I know you're saying that God will pull you out of the muck and the mire and set your feet on the rock to say, I know you're saying all those things, but you're not in my shoes. I'm not. All I can tell you is if there's somehow, some way that you can quit looking at the situation. You can just close your eyes and you can go to the word and say, you'll never leave me nor forsake me. You'll never leave your seed begging for bread. 
I can't see you. I can't see the hope and the help, and I can't, I can't even feel it. I don't even know where it is, but at thy word. At the, oh man, if I did, could it be that I would make it? Could it be, but I can't see. There's no, you're blind. You're discouraged. There's no way that you're going to get any help. I can't even imagine what my father goes through right now, not being able to see. But I can tell you this, though he is downtrodden most of the time, though he's broken most of the time, I promise you that he still has faith value. He looks at things in faith value because he knows the God that he has served for many, 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 many years. He's never left him. He's never forsaken him. He's never left his seed begging for bread. He's never left him hungry. He's always provided. And so, take you back to the story. Sister Ginger and myself and then Sister Ginger in the hospital when we had no children and we felt like there was no hope God said yes there is and instead of discouraging instead of saying no we looked at it at faith value and so I'm a little different than most I truly am I, I, I just I don't know why and maybe maybe I'm just being naive I have no I, I don't think I am but I'm different than most if God said it I truly believe it. That it's not just something that I say. I truly believe it. I mean that. And I would that there would be more people in this place that would be that, be that way and allow that to be in their mindset and their heartbeat. But I understand that it takes some things. And thankfully, I'm blessed that I've gone through those things. And I know that God is not done. I don't, I don't like cancer. Ginger despises it. She doesn't even like the word. She doesn't even like seeing anything about it. But I'm thankful because it allowed me and it allowed her to look at things at faith value and not face value. So I want to encourage someone tonight that you better make up in your mind in living for God that I am not going to look at things at face value because if I look at things at face value, I will be discouraged. I will be broken. I will be failed. I will feel like I'm failed right now all of the time. But if you look at things at faith value, God's going to show you little as much when I am in it. When you don't see it, when you don't feel it, when you don't think it could happen, I'll show you what I can do. Bible, Bible is littered with examples. Little did that modest living mother know when she packed her boy's lunch on that particular day what those five loaves and two fishes would become. Little did she know that 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 little bitty time that she took to package up the bread, package up the fish, put them in a little basket. Little did she know that that was about to be the means to one of the most miraculous things that we read about in the Word of God. I don't know where you went to school. I went to Bells, and that's, I mean, that is a... Uh, 
It's debatable if you got any kind of education. I'm joking. They're very smart people. We, we won UIL a whole, whole lot. They did. I, don't say I, I didn't say I did. But I was a music memory guy. Anyway, it's the easiest thing. But five loaves and two fishes can't feed 5,000 plus women and children. Mama didn't know that. Mama's folding it up, putting it all in there. And she has no idea that this is about to be the means <laughs> to a miraculous, powerful miracle. What are you saying, Pastor Darren? I know you don't feel like your life can amount to anything. I know you don't feel like your story could do anything. I know you don't feel like that you're ever going to make it through the situation. But you know something? As you're in the middle of that situation, just keep on. I'm going to make the best of it. It ain't very much, but I'm going to make the best of it. I'm going to keep going to church. and I'm going to keep praying. and he ain't coming to church yet. He hadn't got the Holy Ghost. He hadn't been baptized in Jesus' name. He don't even believe like I believe. But keep on packing up the lunch. Keep on lifting your hands when we come into the house of the Lord. Keep on going to the prayer room and letting tears run down your face. I know she ain't in church yet. I know she hasn't got the Holy Ghost yet. I know she doesn't believe. I know his addiction is mounting and mounting and it's driving you crazy and driving your marriage crazy. But keep on putting your clothes on. Keep on walking in the house of God. Keep on getting ready on Sunday morning. Keep on putting yourself in the middle of what God is going to speak because it could be that your story is the means to the miracle. This little mama didn't know. We read about that in John 6. There's no, no way that she knew that that was going to take place. Oh, but can you imagine the story? Could you imagine when all was said and done and they sent the multitude away? Can you imagine little boy running? Yeah. Mama, guess what? Mama, guess what? <laughs> you know the fish that I called yesterday morning? You know, you know the bread that you baked yesterday? You're never going to guess what happened. Let me put it to you this way. Hey, Pastor Darren, you know, you prayed for my husband or you prayed for my wife. And, you know, they've come to church every now and then. And it's happened a little bit. They've come sometimes, but I don't know what happened. But last night... Last night, I was so discouraged. I didn't think it was ever going to take place. But last night, we were in the bedroom, and, and he said, hey, or she said, hey, I, can, can you pray? Can we pray about this? And I, I know I'm, this is weird coming from me. Can we pray about this? And Pastor Darren, when we started praying, the Holy Ghost fell right where. With... What would have happened? I know, hypothetical. But what would happen if you just went like this? There's no way that a miracle can happen for me. There's no way that the miracle can happen for me. Don't tell me because I look across this congregation and I see the miracles. 
Small groups are dumb. We don't need to have small groups. Don't do small groups. Let me tell you something. We're going to have small groups until Jesus comes back. And if you don't like them, that's fine, because I'm going to tell you why. I was adamant about it. I want to do small groups. I want to make it happen. We went and learned how another church did it, and we do it much like what they do. And we made small groups. And I'm going to tell you something. We made our small group. It had to do with food, if you're wondering, because that's what we like to do is we like to eat. Or I do. And my small group, she couldn't even go with me. It was me and two other couples. I'm so excited about what I'm about to say. I was folding up my small group, put it there. And I'm going to tell you something. I was completely and totally discouraged. Wife couldn't go. There was only five of us going. It was a complete and total bust in my opinion. But we went. Ate at a Chinese restaurant in Dallas. It's really good. What's the name of it, Brother Luke? You remember the name of it? What is it? May Dragon. Four of us. Four, four, four people and me. So I was like the fifth wheel. But I'm going to tell you something. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I'm not even playing with you. <laughs> I made those small groups up. And we had them. And it, wasn't, it didn't feel like it went really good. But there was one person. There was one right here that went to church. And there was one that went right here that went to church. And there was one right here that went to church. But this one right here didn't go to church. <laughs> and we went and ate at May Dragon. We had a great old time. And I'm going to tell you something. Because we had a little small group, we got in the middle of what I believe God was speaking to our church, that we got to love everybody. We got to reach for everybody. We got to be all things to all men, that we might save some, that we might get somebody in. And I'm going to tell you something. That individual, he, very, very rare does he miss. He's joined, a, he's a part of our safety team. He's in the house of God, and he trickles up here every now and then, and he stands with his hands raised sometimes. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't know when it's going to be, but it's going to be the means of the miracle when he talks in tongues, and I get to baptize him in Jesus' name. I'm going to tell you something. I don't care who scheduled that day. I don't care who scheduled to baptize that day. But when that miracle gets ready to get in that baptismal tank, I'm going to baptize him because I'm telling you something. Woo! I made a lunch, and I said, I'm going to keep on. I'm going to keep on talking. I'm going to keep on reaching. I'm going to keep on doing and there's others in this building. It ain't all because of small groups. There's others in this building that said, hey, I'm going to teach a Bible study. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compel him. I'm going to help him. And they said, I'm going to be a part of the miracle that God wants to do. Oh, somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. I'm hurrying. I'm hurrying. The Shudamite recognized, respected and then she remodeled. Mary recognized that I got to do something. Preached about it on Sunday. But few decide to remodel. Many recognize that Jesus is trying to do a work. Many recognize that God is trying to do something in me. He's trying to do something in my family. He's trying to do something in my church. But very few decide 
We're going to tear up Jack and build up room on the side of the house. The reason perhaps is, what will I have to give up to provide a miracle for someone else? This is a person always living on the outside of what God is doing. In Jesus' day, these outsiders that wanted to be insiders were called Pharisees. The most spiritual insight, but the least sacrificed. The most capable, but the least willing. So it took a sinner. As we read about on Sunday, to break a box, an alabaster box, and call it worship. And Sister Cooper, Judas, called it waste. I know we read it on Sunday, but there may have been some of you that weren't here. Matthew 26, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box a very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he said it meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation saying, to what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. And Jesus understood it. And he said unto them, why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work unto me. For ye have the poor always with you, but, ye, but me ye have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. The body, ladies and gentlemen, was blessed because she was willing to sacrifice she was willing to be broken. What are you trying to say, Pastor Darren? I'm trying to say this. It may not be you that gets a miracle, but listen, listen to me. Be the attitude, as I preached about on Sunday morning, be the attitude of saying, you know something, Lord? I'm going to place myself in the middle of this worship opportunity right now. And I, not that I want any glory, but Lord, I want to have the opportunity to worship you and to honor you and to give you praise. And if I get something, great. But if I don't get anything, I want somebody else to be blessed. I want somebody else to get peace. I want somebody else to get hope. I want somebody else to see what you can do. It's a selflessness. Scripture. And it fell on the day that Elisha passed to shoot him. Why in the world did God have him pass through Shunem? Because he knew that there was someone. Somebody say someone. Someone in Shunem that would do more <laughs> than pretend she would perceive and then she would prepare. She would stop and say, hmm, hello, this guy right here 
is pretty awesome. This guy right here has got something different about him. The bells went off. I was seeing how I could fit it in there. She had that boom, ding, dong, ding, in her mind. And she perceived that this wasn't just a dude. This was somebody. And so she perceived that he was somebody. And then she said, you know something? Now I'm going to make preparation for him. You see, ladies and gentlemen, does anybody know who God is? Raise your hand. Does anybody know that God's powerful? Yes. But we don't always do the preparing. I'm going to help some of you right now, and I believe that. I don't, I don't like to say that because I get on to young ministers for saying that. I'm, I'm young, too. I'm 40. I'm young. But I, I, get on, I get on to young ministers for saying that because I had somebody that told me not to say things like that. But I really feel like I'm going to say something to somebody that's going to help you right now. Some of us know who God is. We know how powerful and how great he is. But there are some in the room that you don't make preparation for him. Who gives a rip how much you know him? Or know about him, rather. If you haven't got to know him. Pastor Darren, why do we need to go to the prayer room before service? Well, what you're doing is you're making room for him. You're making room for Jesus Christ to speak to you, to make you sensitive, to unify you with other believers. That you could be the one that perceives that, man, I feel that God wants to touch her. I feel that God wants to touch him. If you would make room for him, God could use you in a way that you've never been used before. But so many times we say there's no problem, you know. Why would he use me? Who am I? I don't know who you are. I don't know who I am. But I know if someone will get into the middle where the glory is pouring out and you're minding the things of the Spirit and you're praying and you're reading God's word, and you're coming to the prayer room where the other like-minded corporate body prayer is happening in there, you can feel things, and God could speak to you, and you could be the one. Listen to me. If God could speak through a donkey, and I'm going to get real mean, but who do you think you are thinking that God couldn't use you to speak to somebody? It's simply this. You're selfish. There's people that serve on our dream team. I'm going to take care of it right now. I was wondering if it would ever give me the opportunity, and here it comes. There's people that serve on our dream team that do not want to come to the prayer room. I'm going to tell you something. That's a safe place, ladies and gentlemen. Contrary to what some may think and some may believe, I will drop kick somebody in the face. If they do something they shouldn't do in that room. So it's a safe place because my drop kick is really good, I promise you. Good? All right. 
it's a safe place. I took all you. I, we got real carnal right there because we went to Karate Kid. Every one of you did. It's a safe place, ladies and gentlemen. And you need to give God an opportunity to speak to you. You need to give God an opportunity to tenderize your spirit there so he can speak to you in here. So he can use you beyond your imagination. God knows who is willing to be the means of a miracle. And he sends the need through their city. And the Bible says there was a great woman. Why was she a great woman? It wasn't because she weighed a lot of pounds. Instead of saying, give me, she was saying, let me give you. She did not mind her world being inconvenienced so another could become more convenient. So another situation could become more convenient. What she did not know was by providing a place of rest for the ministry, she moved the favor of God into her life. So let me tell you something. It works like this since I'm talking about the prayer room. Why don't you come to the prayer room on a Sunday morning? So maybe you coming to the prayer room could make somebody else's life more convenient. Well, it's not convenient for me to get here that early. Well, guess what? It was not convenient for Jesus to put his hands around a flogging post or be made to put his hands around a flogging post. He did it willingly. It was not convenient for him, and I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm just trying to make you think because obviously, anyway. Um, aren't you glad? I said this on Sunday. Aren't you glad he, wa he wasn't like this? Oh, this is really inconvenient for me. <laughs> and knock down the Roman soldiers. Because... He was inconvenient so we could read by his stripes. We are healed. What are you trying to preach, Pastor Darren? I'm trying to preach this. He gave us a perfect example of what we should do. Let's sacrifice so maybe somebody could be saved. Maybe God could use you beyond your wildest dreams. You don't even think you can be that. But if he can speak to a donkey, he can speak through you and it could be. Because you are sensitive to him. God speaks to you to speak to somebody. And if it came from anybody else, they would just push it out of their mind. But because it came from you, because you inconvenienced your life to pray and to seek the face of God and read the Bible and come to the prayer room before service, that God taps you on the shoulder as you're being inconvenienced in the prayer room and says, hey, I need you to speak to her. I need you to speak to him. I need you to pray for this person. And if you did it, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. If you did it, it could be the means 
of blowing this place sky high in revival because you decided to do something that you normally would not do. Oh, there's no, I'm too old, or no, he can't speak through me, or no, no, yes, he can. If you will decide, I am going to be the means of the miracle. Would you clap your hands under the Lord, all you people? Going back to our text, 2 Kings 4, verse 9. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passeth, I said it again, passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber. They had a conversation with each other. Hey, you're going to have to do all the work. Let's make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. And let us set for him there a bed. So we got to go out and get a bed. And I want you to make a table for him and a stool. And I want some candlesticks in there. And It shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. When this lady opened the door of divine favor, things that were impossible <laughs> became possible. She did not do it with that motive. What am I going to get out of this? But there is a principle that God honors. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Pastor Darren, what are you telling me? I'm telling you, if you'll make room for him, if you'll make room for him, your mama that wants nothing to do with the apostolic truth, your mama that wants nothing to do with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, your mama that wants nothing to do with you going to this church, that impossible situation could come up out of that water speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. I'm telling you right now, if you'll make room, if you'll say, Lord, I'm going to get inconvenience because I want the impossible to take place, you're going to reap a harvest because whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. Skipping down to verse 11. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shudamite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said, and he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to do, what is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. And he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, she hath no child, and her husband is old. I know we read it already, but stay with me. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said about the season, According to the time of life, Thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, 
Thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaiden. And the woman conceived and bare a son at the season that Elisha had said unto her according to the time of life. Ladies and gentlemen, when you plant a miracle seed in someone else's field, God immediately begins thinking about his harvest in your life. When you decide that it ain't about you, it's about Jesus and it's about somebody else. Love God, serve others, live for God, and share with others. When you decide it's about someone else, that's when God starts letting it burn up in his brain. What can I do? I'm going to give this lady, I'm going to give this man what they so desire. I'm going to give them the miraculous in their life. That's what our God does. There's a difference between your harvest and God's harvest. Your harvest remains in the realm of what you can do. Amen. Amen. Therefore, you are restricted by circumstances, economy, health, location, and impossibility. When it becomes God's harvest, a barren womb becomes God's miracle field. Shunem becomes God's address. Oh, somebody clap your hands under the Lord. Maybe you'll get that tomorrow. Brother Gary, would you put 2 Kings 4, verse 35 on the screen? I want you to think about this for a moment. This woman's miracle. The Bible says that it did happen. But it didn't happen right then. Amen? Her miracle did not occur immediately because it wasn't her harvest. It was God's. And God said, about this season, according to the time, ye shall embrace what you have dreamed about. Ladies and gentlemen, so many times it's been spoken. It's been declared. Somebody's prophesied over you about a situation and it still hasn't happened. And so what you do is you don't see it and you get sick of walking around like this And so you just go. You just throw in the towel. You stop. It ain't going to happen. And then what occurs, ladies and gentlemen, is sometimes God is in his infinite wisdom. He allows a miracle to come. And you shout and you dance your way all the way to the bank and you get excited about it and it's wonderful and you're joyous and it's, man, praise God, thank you, Jesus. I finally, I reluctantly did it, but I built a room for you and look what you gave me. Thank you, Jesus. 
then, anybody know the story? He died. But because of her attitude, because of her, I am going to build a room for you. And I'm going to keep building a room for you. And no matter what goes on, no matter if I go back to the doctor tomorrow and I get a bad report, I've built a room for you. And I know because I built a room for you, you are going to come back by, Jesus. And you're going to give me peace in the middle of my storm. And I've proven you. I've proven that that's what you do. I've proven that you, you'll never leave me nor forsake me. I, I have proven that you'll never leave your seed begging for bread. And so with compound interest, here's what you gave me. Here's what you put in my, put in my house and we were joyous about it. <laughs> and because of her attitude, sister servant, because of her heartbeat being, you'll never leave me nor forsake me. You got a promise for me. If it doesn't turn out or something goes wrong with the blessing that you gave me, I know where to take it to because I built a room for you. And I know you're coming back there. And I know when you come there, miraculous things happen because what's laying on that bed, it was a miraculous thing. And it wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have built a room. It wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have made room for you. It wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have started fasting. If I wouldn't have started praying. If I wouldn't have started coming to church. It would have never taken place. So I'll bring it back to you. And what happened? You can read it for yourself. That baby, oh yeah, that baby came back to life. And I'm telling somebody in this building tonight, if you want to be the means of the miracle then what you got to do is step under what God is trying to get you to do right now and he wants you to make room for him every morning every night, every hour every church service, every prayer meeting, every opportunity make room for God I don't know who you are that I spoke to, just stand to your feet I don't know who you are that I spoke to tonight, but the means of the miracle is in you. And the means of the miracle is you. You are the means of the miracle. You want your sister to be saved? You want her to, you want her to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost or the evidence of speaking in other tongues? You've wanted that? You hadn't told your husband that? You hadn't told your children that? You hadn't told nobody that? What am I trying to tell you? Be the means of the miracle. That's who you are. All you got to do is make the fish available. All you got to do is make the bread available. All you got to do is get the nails out, the wood out, and build the room. Oh, I do pray. I pray with my kids or I pray over my kids. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about it's going to be inconvenient. I'm talking about it. It means you might have to get here at 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning. And touch the throne room of God. It could be you being inconvenienced. You hear somebody pray. And somebody's praying and seeking the face of God. And that prayer that somebody else is praying sparks in you. I've seen it happen. I've seen people start praying in a way that they've never prayed before. Because they heard somebody else pray that way. And that's just fine ladies and gentlemen. 
And it could be that your entire situation, your life, your home, the things that are going on in the house, the, the tension that is there, it could be your inconveniencing yourself could be the means for somebody's miracle right here in this place and could be the means of your miracle in your house. Would you lift your hands all across this building right now? Come on, I want you to make your way to this altar. Ma'am, I've been talking to you all night long, and I'm asking you right now, would you make your way to this altar? Come on, would you come with your hands lifted? Don't worry about somebody else. Don't worry about your kids doing it. Don't worry about your husband doing it. Come on, don't worry about any of that happening. You come all by yourself with your hands lifted and say, God, I want my mama saved. I want my daddy saved. I want my children to be sold out. Whatever the situation is, whoever, whoever that falls on right now, I want you to lift your hands and I want you to say, God, I'm going to inconvenience myself. So I can be the means to the miraculous in this last hour. Come on, the means of a miracle is you. You are the means. You sacrificing. Come on, you giving of yourself sacrificially. You giving sacrificially. You worshiping. You stepping into a place of worship. Come on. Come on right now. Come on, God's trying to do it. God's trying to do something in you. God's trying to help you. God's trying to lead you along right now. Nobody can make you do it. you got to do it all by yourself. Come on, you want your daddy to be saved? Come on, right now, get inconvenienced. Get inconvenienced right now. Make up in your mind, I'm going to be inconvenienced. I'm going to spend the money. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to come to the house of God. I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to come to women's prayer and men's prayer. I'm going to come to 24-hour prayer. I'm making up my mind. I don't care if my kids do it. I don't care if my husband does it. I don't care if my wife does it. I don't care. I am going to inconvenience myself that somebody else may get the miraculous. And Lord, you never leave us. You'll never leave me begging for bread. But because of my sacrifice, you will show yourself powerful. You will do a work that only you're able to do. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your voice. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Make your way to this altar right now. You want your brother saved? You've been praying for him for hours. You've been praying for him for days. You've been praying for him for years. Come on, inconvenience yourself right now. I preached about commitment on Sunday. You've got to inconvenience yourself right now in this prayer time. Come on. Come on, are you going to be the means? Are you going to be the means of the miracle? Are you going to be the means of the miracle here tonight? Is it going to be your fishes? Is it going to be your loaves that are there at the right time, at the right place? Come on, I've preached about it before. Lazarus, they had some dims and some days. They were the means of the miracle. Why? Because they sacrificed their time. They sacrificed where they were. They sacrificed being there so they could be a part of what God wanted to do. Do you think, Pastor Darren, me coming to prayer is going to change any of this? you think me coming to prayer is going to make any of that happen? I can tell you right now that it would be a great start of what God is going to do if you would make up in your mind, I'm going to sacrifice. Come on, would you lift your hands?
Come on, what is it? What is it? What is it that's holding you back? What is it that's keeping you? What is it that's that you don't want to do? You don't want to build the room. Do whatever it takes. Spend whatever money you got to spend. Make up in your mind you're going to do it. Come on, I want my coworker to be saved. So I'm going to inconvenience myself. I'm going to open my house. I'm going to inconvenience myself. I'm going to teach this Bible study. I'm going to inconvenience myself. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes right now. Would you lift your voice? Would you lift your voice? Would you lift your voice all across this building? In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, the means of the miracle is in this room right now. The means of the miracle, Lord, is in this room. The means of the miracle, Lord, is in this room. If there would be some of us that would truly sacrifice, if there would be some of us that would truly build a room, build a room in our prayer time, build a place, God, we would see that thing that we never thought in a million years would ever come to pass. We only dreamt of it. We only hope for it. Come on right now, every eye closed. Would you listen to me just for a moment? What's his name? What is her name? What are their names that you've thought about as I've preached this? Who is it that you only dream about? Who is it that... Or what is it that you only dream about? Man, I really wish this could take place. I really wish that this could happen. What is it? Come on, make up in your mind right now. And right now, start building that room in prayer. Come on, what is his name, sir? Is it your mom? Come on, is it your dad? Come on, is it that situation that nobody else in the room knows about except God? The means to the miracle is right here. Don't stand in the outfield waiting for that bomb to drop. No. You pick up the hammer. You go to the lumber yard. Pick up the plywood and the two-by-fours and the cinder blocks and get ready to build a room. You are the means. Your sacrifice is the means. You're not doing it to get something, but when you do it, that individual is going to get the Holy Ghost. That individual is going to get blessed. That individual is going to get baptized in Jesus' name. It's not for you. It's not for your selfish gain. It's not for you to say, yes, because I did this. This happened. No, 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 no. You're missing the picture, ma'am. It's for them to get an opportunity to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. 
And then there's going to be blessing that's poured upon you that you do not have room enough to receive because why? You made room for the king. Come on, lift your voice one more time. Hands lifted all across this building. And I want you to begin to pray. I want you to begin to pray for that name. I want you to begin to pray for that man and that woman. I want you to begin to pray for your dad right now. I want you to begin to pray for your sister right now. I want you to begin to pray for your other sister right now. I want you to begin to pray for your brother. And I want you to begin to pray for your mama right now. Come on, pray for your dad that God would fill them. Come on, pray for him right now. Pray in the name of Jesus. I'm going to make room. I'm going to build an altar. I'm going to build a room. I'm going to build a place that you would come by and visit. And you would come by and do what only you can do, God. But I will make certain that I do what I can do. Come on, lift your voice one more time before we dismiss here tonight. Come on, lift your voice right now. Those grandkids, those grandkids are waiting on you to do that, ma'am. Come on, those grandkids, they don't know it. They, they, they don't even comprehend it. But they're waiting on you to build a room that you've never built before. They're waiting on you to sacrifice the way you've never sacrificed before. Come on, they're waiting right now. They have no idea what they're waiting on. But if you would do what you can do, God is going to do something for them. It's not for your gain. It's for their gain. But God's going to bless you as a byproduct. And he'll continue to do so. He'll continue to show you what you can trust in when anything ever goes awry, when anything ever falls by the wayside. Jesus, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for the men and women of God that are in this place. And Lord, I truly believe that there are going to be some that start building rooms. They're going to start building rooms in their spiritual life that they've never built before. And Lord, I ask that you allow me to see the fruit of their labor. God, allow me to see the fruit of their labor. God, I want to see their dad saved. I want to see their mama saved. I want to see that unity in the home. God, I want to see that unity in the family. I want to see it happen, God. I want to see deliverance happen. I want people to be delivered from things, oh Lord, and taken away from things, oh Lord, that are binding them in the name of Jesus Christ. And I want doors to be open that only you can open. And I want doors to be shut that only you can shut. In the name of Jesus Christ, would you clap your hands? Would you lift your voice to him one more time? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Praise God. I ask you, Truth Church, this week sometime, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, would you take some time to pray specifically for our waters of baptism to be troubled? We have designated people that do that, that I have do that, but I'm asking the church body, would you pray that the waters be troubled? And not only that, I want 22 people to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen, amen. It is not my intentions that we just get people wet. I want people to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Please greet one another, and we'll see you on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. in the prayer room. God bless you.